Mac Power Users, episode 619, Home Studio Updates. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, and welcome to the Mac Power Users. I am joined today by my co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm good, David. How are you? Excellent. Uh, I have you to myself today, no guests, and we have a really fun topic planned. We do. Uh, We are going to kind of do a check-in on our studios, home offices, whatever you want to call them. Uh, We did this a few years ago, but a lot has changed for both of us. And I think for a lot of people, (laughs) you know, working at home has kind of become the norm, at least uh, to a degree. And so we thought it would be a good time to revisit this. Yeah, we have a link for the prior show, but uh, for me, at least, almost everything has changed. And I'm going to explain why, but, you know, COVID relocation was part of it. And I know you've done construction and Apple has released, you know, Apple Silicon Max. And like, it just so much has changed that I thought we should go back and do this. And this is always a fun show. Uh, before we get started, though, a few bits of news. Uh, my uh, my blog has been going through some changes. There's a new RSS feed for Max Barkey. It's maxbarkey.com slash feed. Uh, so that makes it really easy, F-E-E-D. The, the RSS link before was really nutty, and uh, when this show publishes, we will have transitioned to the new tech, and everything should be fine, and if you had subscribed, it should continue to work, but if for some reason I stopped showing up in your feed, please resubscribe at maxbarkey.com slash feed, or just go to maxbarkey.com. There's a button there. You can push R- that. And- RSS, man. I, I said yeah. this recently at some point. Like I can't believe so much well basically all of my living <laughs> is based yeah. on just rss feeds at the end of the day yeah <laughs> that feels both really good as like an open web sort of tech enthusiast i love it but as a businessman sometimes i think well that's a decision that was made yeah <laughs> well i mean you can get like feed services with your blogs or things where you can change underlying technologies and then just redirect it. And I never did that, which I probably was a bad idea in hindsight. But uh, I I think, you know, the redirect should work and it shouldn't be a problem. But I always worry about this stuff. Just like when Mac Power users came over from uh, 5x5 to Relay, we lost a bunch of people out of the feed. And, you know, it just happens. You know, sometimes weird stuff happens when you make transitions. But uh, so I was worried about it a little bit. So please go sign up. I have a lot of cool stuff going on at maxparky.com. I have even bigger plans for next year, but more on that later. Um, so so check it out. And then today on More Power Users, Steve and I are going to talk about our holiday tech. Um, we got some stuff going on. We need to share it. That's right. All right. So studio setups. Uh, we teased this a little bit earlier in the show, but let's kind of just talk about the underlying changes that we both have undergone because we both have made a lot of changes to our studios uh, in the last few years yeah so let's uh let's start with you uh you have had a home studio for a long time but with covid uh your daughter's situations had to change and everyone kind of returned to home base for a while what'd that do to you yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, it's funny. This whole Max Sparky thing kind of grew organically for so long. When it started, I had, and we live in Southern California. Houses are really expensive. We have a 1,500-square-foot house that we bought, you know, 
few years after we got married and we never like traded up, you know I mean? It's like, it's so, you don't want to get into that much debt. So, you know, we've been happy with our little house, but it's a three bedroom house, you know, master bedroom with two bedrooms, one for each of the girls. And then in the downstairs area, we have like a big high ceiling fancy room, you know, I mean, you used to, you know, it's, it's the room that when we were kids and people came and visited, you'd get the Intamins out, right? And mm-hmm. you'd have the, and there'd be no TV in there. And as a little kid, you'd be very bored in that room. Um, but, and then we have like kind of the family room. So we have two rooms downstairs. And uh, my girls, as they were growing, they each had their own room. And I had a corner of the master bedroom where I kind of did legal work at home and grew Max Barkey. And, that was great, but it was really kind of overwhelming to have that in your bedroom. You know, like if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can literally see your work across from yep. you. Yeah, that's how I had it when I started out, you know, independent now six years ago. Um, it really wasn't pleasant. Yeah, so it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible either. And it was what we needed to do at the time. But when daughter number one, Samantha, went off to to college she lived up in la and we had an empty room so i uh i took advantage of that and i uh i i moved a studio into it you know we had two the girls switched rooms and i took the smaller one as a studio and that was the subject of our 2019 kind of show on this and it was great it was a little 10 by 10 room but um i had it great i had it soundproofed i you know, kind of painted it the way I wanted and set it up just how I wanted it. It was nice. But with COVID, it was clear Sam had to come back home and I wasn't going to like make her sleep on the couch. <laughs> and, you know, we, we weren't sure at the beginning, like you remember, I don't know if you remember, but it was like, is this thing going to be like a couple weeks or a month? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, nobody really knew, but as soon as it was clear what was going on, we immediately started making moves. And, um, that front fancy room of the house, Daisy had been using as a craft room because we never really used it as a formal fancy room anyway. And so she had like, I built her a desk in there where she could do crafting stuff. She likes to do painting and 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 paper crafts and all sorts of different things. So she had like a room in there that she would do that, but she wasn't doing it that much. And honestly, you know, I, I, I'm paying all the bills with this business. I needed to have a place I could work. So we cleared all that stuff out of the front room and I turned that into my studio. So now when you walk in the front door of my house, you immediately see like my headquarters, you know, mm-hmm. it's all right there in front of you. But, um, and so I'm in this room that has a high ceiling, which isn't great for audio, but I've been doing a lot of audio in there and with a good mic and smart editors, it, it, you can't tell. And then, um, but it's got tons of sunlight. You know, the other room I had just had one window and this has got these high windows. So, and this massive window behind the desk. So I really like the move and, uh, and it, you know, I had, I warmed up to it very quickly. So I've got my stuff all set up kind of in the front room. And so much so that, you know, my wife and I were talking, like if the kids, they're eventually going to move on right now. I've got one at UCLA. The other one is getting her teaching credentials. She's probably going to get a job and move out of the house at some point. But uh, I think I'm going to stay down here. I, I like the, uh, I like the room. So, uh, but that was the big thing with COVID is my studio moved from a bedroom to the fancy room. Yeah, I didn't really realize until we were prepping for this that you had really only been in your space less than a year, I guess. 
before you yeah. had to give it up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the paint's are dry and then you got to you got to move out. Yeah, I gave it up quickly cuz I, you know, there it was so disruptive and it had turned her life ups down so much. I really wanted to get her back in her room ASAP. So I actually yeah. moved temporarily back in the master bedroom while we were kind of prepping the downstairs. And so so I I got out of there very quickly once it was clear she was going to be staying. In fact, my wife and I, because our kids are grown, you know, that's one is 20 and the other's 24, almost 25 now. So it's like you can't like treat them like little kids anymore. So we like let them paint their rooms and we call it the East Wing and the West Wing upstairs. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like their apartments over there. We don't bug them. They they do their own cleaning and all that stuff. And, and uh, they've got their little, you know, they're a little wing of the house and we leave them alone and try and let them live their lives because they're grown, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people had similar experiences where they had either an office that shut down and they had to work from home or someone like you who was already doing it, had to make adjustments. Uh, and I've got a lot of friends with kids in college who all of a sudden had to really like <laughs> figure out what was going to happen. So I'm glad y'all were able to, uh, to make that all work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's always, um, you know, COVID was terrible, you know, and that goes without saying, but there, you know, there was some silver lining. And for us, it was, we got like another year and a half with our kids that we probably wouldn't have. So, so we all, we all got along great and we still do and it's all good. But yeah, I, I, it did cause some disruption for my studio. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I first went independent, like I said, you know, six years ago or so, we were in our, our first home. It was about a thousand square feet, and uh, my desk was in our bedroom, and I, I had that. And then uh, my brother Mark, who's been on the show, his nonprofit has office space, and I basically had a desk in their office where I would go and record. And we had like a basically a little part of their office set up for their audio and my audio. And so we, that's where I would go to record shows and I'd work from home or, or uh, you know, elsewhere. And then about six months after of that, we ended up moving to where we live now. Much bigger house. Actually, my wife's uh, grandparents' house. So it was really cool to keep it in the family. We bought it from her grandmother before she passed away. And so this is the house that like my mother-in-law and all of my aunts, all my wife's aunts and uncles like grew up in. So it's like really cool that we're here. And my wife and I have been together since high school. And so like, you know, like her family and my family, like, you know, I'm it, it, when her grandmother passed away, it's like, I, I lost a grandmother too. It's how I felt. Um, but when we moved here, I knew in, in my mind that I eventually wanted to renovate this building that's on the property behind the garage as a studio. I wanted to get out of the bedroom. I wanted to get out of the dual office setup that I, that I had. And so this this building had been built in the 70s, concrete block, you know, storage project building, really nothing uh nothing super fancy and it measured uh interior space was 10 by 15 feet. So 150 square feet and uh ended up renovating it and moving in there. So I've used that as my office for 5 years. And it's been it's been great. I really like being at home, but not in the house. Uh, I stole this from our friend Underscore, but sort of the terminology of like, are you at work or not? And so 
like at their house, I know he would like come up from the basement and say, oh, I'm home or I'm still at work. I'm just coming up for a snack or a bathroom break or whatever. And so even though I'm at home, I'm not home, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. One key thing for me, and I think I think this is true for you too, and I know I gave this advice. I had so many friends who all of a sudden had to figure out work from home. And my my advice was, have a place that's just for work. Even if it's just like the one chair at the dining room table, don't sit in that chair when it's dinner time. Like that chair needs to be your office. And and that's how I've always treated my studio since I first moved into it five years ago as I don't hang out out here. Like I don't watch movies in here. I don't play video games. Like the, if I am in this space, I am working. Uh, you know, if my wife has... Uh, friends over, you know, they're doing a, a ladies night or something. You know, I may take that opportunity to work and I may come out here, but if I'm just going to like catch up on a TV show, I'm going to do that in our bedroom. I'm not going to do it out here. And so that separation is very important to me. And that is like my number one piece of advice of anybody working from home or thinking about it or having struggled with it. Even if it's just a chair, even if it's just one corner, like whatever the space looks like, make it a dedicated thing just for work and, and don't intermix them. Um, yeah, that's really been huge for me. And and for me, it's weird now because my workspace is in this dead center of the house. Like when you come down <laughs> the stairs from your bedroom to go to the kitchen, you walk through my workspace and yeah. that, um, so that could be a problem, but you know, I have the fancy noise canceling headphones. I put those on and I don't even realize that they're there. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody has kind of come to realize if I'm sitting at that desk working to leave me alone. And right. it's not really been a huge problem. I mean, yeah. one, one of the things when I first left the law firm and started working from home, uh, everybody said, well, this is going to be terrible on your marriage. You and your wife are going to be at each other's throats. And, you know, Daisy had a job, so she was out a lot. Now she doesn't because of, you know, co- she's, you know, I don't want to get into it, but she's, she's still home. And, um, the uh, but we get along great, and I think that the one thing we've kind of come to agree is that we don't feel like even though we're here together, we have to spend every minute together. You know, we both kind of have our own agendas for the day and leave each other alone. And when we have time to take a walk together, or, you know, you know, have a bowl of soup together, we do that. And but we don't feel like a commitment to do that every day. We both have work to get done. And uh, right, and it's different too that your kids are older, like you said. Yeah, I mean, yeah. mine currently are. Uh, 13, 11, and 7. Yeah. So when I first went independent, they were a lot younger. And I had to, you know, part of that separation was for them too. So they understood. Yeah. Well, this situation I'm in would not work with young kids because no. it should be too easy to get to dad. You know? Yeah. They'd be tearing through there, you know, with their Hot Wheels all day. Yeah. The big change for me since our, our last episode on this is that I have uh, a little more than doubled the studio space. Uh, this is something that I wanted to do for a really long time. And, and really it came out of a change in my work. I mean, when I first moved into the studio, I was doing a couple of podcasts. I was writing at five, 12 pixels, but what I do now is a lot more complex, right? So I'm on a couple more shows, including this one. Uh, my work at five, 12 has expanded into more photography and more video. And that stuff just takes up space. Uh, and I have been more willing to do like experimental projects like the Kickstarter that we've talked a lot about. And and so really I found myself 
really in a situation where if I was in the middle of anything, the studio was basically unusable. And so if I was working on a video over the course of a few days or working on a review, right? So like I just reviewed the new MacBook Pro. That that would mean that I'd have table and lights and a camera and stuff set up. And in 150 square feet, it got very complicated very quickly to manage all of that. And so uh, this summer, we embarked on uh, expanding the space so there's a there's a it's it's hard to talk about physical space sometimes. So there's a link to a YouTube video that I, I just posted a tour of the pod cabin as we're calling it, um, and you can see this. But basically, we added on a room and tied it into the front of the old building. And so the addition interior space is 12 by 15 feet. The old one is 10 by 15 feet. So it's a little bit bigger than double, and it is fantastic to have space that. If I'm working on something, like I have a desk that that project can just live on. If I'm waiting on something or I'm mid-shoot with something, that I it doesn't have to be like where I'm trying to sit and record a podcast, you know, three days a week or something. And and it's been nice to be able to spread out a little bit and just have space that is that it's it's okay for it to be messy or tied up for a while because it's not the only space in the room. Yeah, that that's a challenge I have because I don't have that extra space. But um, but you know, your space was interesting because your original structure was a was a, like cinder block, you know, yeah. building, like a bunker. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so you couldn't really knock out the wall in between, and you built like another structure adjacent to it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's interesting because you really have the old structure and another room next to it now. Yeah, yeah, we looked at opening that wall up and like you said being concrete block it was doable but it was going to get complicated and expensive pretty quickly and the more i thought about it the more i sort of i i I really liked the idea and and it's paid off i really do enjoy it basically having two rooms and so i've moved my desk which we'll talk about you know we're talking about our desk setups in a minute i've moved that to the new side but it's let me rearrange the old room in some different ways and change up what what's going on over there. And I really like having the two separate spaces. And I think, you know, if there's a project that's ongoing, I don't have to have it, you know, in the room with me, right? It can kind of be in the other room. And, you know, there's open window where the windows were are now open spaces. The door is removed. So there's a lot of airflow and stuff between the two, but yeah. they, they do feel like different rooms. And I've actually come to really enjoy that more than I even thought I would. I once had a case that involved a jewelry store break-in and they had built a safe in the jewelry store. It had like a, a, like a safe door on it, but it was all cinder block with rebar and the, the crooks got in with sledgehammers and like went through that cinder block to get into the safe. I, uh, I should get those guys number. Maybe they could help you out. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. That doesn't even sound real. Oh man, it, they did it really <laughs> fast. I mean, I bet they could take care of it for you. And you know, maybe how long does your alarm run? Is it like thirty minutes before the alarm goes off? So but they, I bet they could beat that. Yeah, it's quick. Um, yeah, that that's funny. Uh, yeah, and you know, part of it, part of the fun of it was getting to design a space. I mean, I guess I was going to say from the ground up, but that's literally what it was. Yeah, you know, in, in the the old side, the old room. It, it was what it was because it was a concrete block building. And, you know, we put interior walls up for the sound deadening and everything. But with this, it's like, oh, this can be 
any size or shape that I want. And there were some challenges in designing that and tying it into the old building. Now, both of my parents are contractors, uh, which is very helpful in such situations. But it really turned out to be something that um, is now like really purpose built for what what I do. And it's something I took from you, and I'm glad you mentioned it, is since you moved, uh, I've, I've been jealous of the natural light and the windows you have. Because in my old building, I didn't have that. They were like really small windows. I mean, it was a, bunk- it was a bunker. Like it was just a straight up bunker. Yeah. And with this one, like if you look at the, at the, the YouTube video, really big windows. There's actually three of them. Two of them, I think, are in the video, but I've got a third one as well. Lots of natural daylight. Now, I've got shades, so I can control that light if I'm working on photography or a video, and I, and the natural daylight is not doing what I want it to do. But it means that most of the time, like right here, you know, talking to you, recording, I've got the windows open. I can look up, and I can see the trees and the clouds go by, and I I really love that. So that was definitely something I, I took from what you were uh, getting to enjoy at your desk. Yeah, I I love it. The, I mean, the natural light is the reason why I'm not going back upstairs at some point. That and I don't want to move the iron giant upstairs again, but I'll explain <laughs> that later. This episode of Mac Power Users is made possible by our friends over at 1Password. 1Password is the application that David and I both trust to keep our logins, bank account information, secure notes, and much more safe and sound. But it doesn't mean that you have to keep it hidden from people in your life. Don't share the bank password on a sticky note. Share it in a vault. With 1Password for families, you can set up access for everyone in your household and beyond. So maybe you have passwords that you share with your partner or spouse. And you have others that maybe you want to share with your kids or with your parents. It's all really easy to set up. And with the holidays upon us, there is no better time We're all going to be drafted into tech support over the coming weeks. We all know it. It's part of who we are. We'll add one password to your list of things to check up on. Passwords and security are more vital than ever as they're doing more and more online. One password is totally prepared for this because the app is available on every single platform you can think of. I run it on my Macs, on my iPhone, my iPad, have it on my PC and my Pixel as well, so I can log into my accounts no matter where I am. And 1Password syncs them all securely, safely, and quickly. If you want to learn more and sign up, you want to go over to onepasswordcom MPU. That's MPU in capital letters, onepasswordcom MPU. There you can learn more and sign up for a free 30-day trial. And when you sign up, you'll get 20% off. That's onepasswordcom Slash M P U. All right, since we're talking about studios, I think we should probably start with the uh, with the computers. All right, how many uh, how many Apple Silicon Macs are on your desk right now? <laughs> one, one. The beautiful sixteen inch MacBook Pro. The computer is amazing. I mean. This is, uh, I think, a running thing. Just like we used to talk about bad keyboards every week, now we talk about Apple Silicon being awesome every week. Um, the, it's just such an amazing computer, and uh, I'm very happy with it. And uh, so my 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 rig is a loaded 16 inch MacBook Pro 
connected to a pro display XDR. And I feel like I have to explain myself whenever that pro <laughs> display comes up because I'm, <laughs> I'm actually embarrassed that I own it. It, it when I was go when the Apple Silicon first came out, I talked about it on the show and a listener, very kind listener who has a video studio want, wanted Intel max for something they were, I guess, software they were using or whatever they needed Intel and I think I talked about in one of the more power users episodes about maybe selling it. And he he offered to trade me a pro display XDR that he wasn't using for my for my um, iMac Pro, which was a pretty good spec Mac iMac Pro. The only thing is he said that I had to give him a thousand dollars to pay for the bleeping stand. And uh, <laughs> that wasn't the words he used. But anyway, so I, so I ended up giving him an iMac Pro and I paid him $1,000 and I got this crazy monitor, which I do not um, have no justification for owning. Like I don't, I do video, but I don't do the kind of video where you need an HDR screen, but it is gorgeous and it's big and it's 6K and I got accustomed to it very quickly. <laughs> So I have this big screen and I have a laptop attached to it. Um, Using that laptop in clamshell mode has been like zero problem for me. This, this laptop is a monster computer for what I do way more powerful than I need. And I am like living my best life right now in terms of my Mac and my, my base station. Going from a, uh, an iMac to the setup you have now I mean, I've learned this when we get to my desk. Uh, I've learned some hard lessons about, man, the all-in-one lifestyle is really nice and neat. But I guess, like, are you finding with things like Thunderbolt that it's pretty simple to have this desktop as a laptop lifestyle? Oh, I'm doing it under ideal circumstances. I mean, in addition to being a gorgeous screen, the XDR is a um, three-port hub, you know. So I've got you know, things hanging out the back of it that I can plug in. And I, uh, I don't know. I find it just very little trouble to, to switch this between, you know, uh, clamshell mode and portable mode. Like, and I, I, I move it probably once every couple of days I unplug it. So it's not every day, but it's pretty often. And the reason for that is because the, how my studio is in the center of the house if I want to record screencasts, for instance, and the kids are home, you know, making cookies, I'm not going to tell them that they can't make any noise while I'm, you know, so, so I'll just take, I'll just unplug the, uh, the laptop and bring it upstairs to uh, one of their rooms has a nice desk in it. And I have a, it's like a studio B for me. I've got a, a boom arm and a mic up there. And so I can plug in very quickly and just start working in that room. Cause by definition, if they're downstairs, their room is available. Um, so I've got like a second place I can go to, but having all the main assets on one computer that moves, it's just kind of like an ideal situation for, for what I need. And, um, uh, I just, I can't say enough good words about this computer. It just works. You plug it in, it works. Um, you run the ejection script. I have a little Apple script that ejects the external drives and plug it, take it upstairs. There's never a problem. When I come back down, I plug it back in. I don't have to like, you know, I said on the old Macs, you used to, have to crack the lid, 
to get it the clamshell mode started you'd like crack the yeah. lid open uh-huh. and then you'd close the lid quickly and then it would you don't do any of that stuff now you just plug it in and i've got it set up now we talked about this on a recent uh, feedback episode but i've got it set up so i can do it with one audio cable and one thunderbolt cable and i'm good and i just so i plug in two cables and i'm working and my keyboard and mouse and everything is down there and all of that stuff just works with it. And, uh, you know, it, I am uh, I am more happy with my Apple hardware now than I think I've been since the old days when, like, I was first getting Macs that, that were, you know, the original, you know, beige boxes that made my, gave me so much joy. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. I think a lot of people are finding that the laptop desktop lifestyle is easier than ever. And there have always have been those sort of rough edges. And I, I'm glad Apple paid attention to that. And it, it makes me really think about, man, I bet a bunch of people at, were, at Apple were annoyed that clamshell mode was kind of janky in the past, right? So they yeah. smoothed out those edges. Yeah. And I think that's um, I think that's super cool. I mean, the bigger problem is, um, and, you know, this monitor did not cost me a thousand dollars. If I look at what I could have got for selling that iMac pro, I paid a lot for this monitor. Yeah. And I would have much preferred to pay, you know, one or $2,000 for an Apple monitor. That is like an iMac screen that doesn't, you know, I mean, I would have much preferred to pay less, even if it had been a little smaller and, and certainly not as fancy. And then you also look at the fact that my MacBook Pro probably has a better screen on it now than this very expensive monitor. I, I just think it's only a question of time before Apple resolves this. I feel like they're going to come in with more of a consumer-grade monitor, and probably they're going to replace the XDR with something similar to the panel in these laptops. But the um, but I'm you know all that being said, I'm just super happy with it. I I don't see myself. I mean, we've got a lot of fun to talk about in the next year on the show, and then the big iMacs come out and the Mac Pros. But I honestly, you know, and I'm saying this, and I know people are rolling their eyes, but I I feel like I'm I'm pretty good. You know, I'm not sure. I just don't see myself getting tempted to spend great big piles of money to switch anything out. I think this is going to be my rig for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still on my 2019 Mac Pro. Um, it was a, a huge investment for me. I did, thankfully, have uh, a, a a little bit of a discount applied to it, which was nice. But still, by far, the most expensive computer I've ever owned. Uh, I drive it with a Pro Display XDR that I added about a year later and then didn't tell anybody for a while I'd bought it. And then I think, <laughs> yeah. I think someone spotted it in like, the corner of a picture. And like, hey... That's not the LG. Uh, and then I had to, to fess up to it. But I have been so happy with this computer. You know, we we were there at the announcement, the last in-person WDC, and it, it, it blew me away when they announced it. And then we got to go see it, and that was incredible. And, and having one here, I mean, I've run it now for almost exactly two years because it came out in December of 19. I think mine showed up in late January, so just shy of two years. It has been so good. And I I was coming from an iMac Pro, which I think is probably the best Intel Mac ever made. But even coming from that, this machine is just so impressive. I love having all my storage internal. I love having just gobs and gobs of power. I mean, 
uh, when that, that video that we referenced earlier, the pod cabin tour, uh, my brother shot it for me. And so he was here and I was just importing the footage. I was like, yeah, I don't need to make, you know, Proxy. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I can edit full size, right? I don't need to, 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 uh, to do any jump through any hoops. I can just edit this 4k straight, you know, in final cut and, you know, no proxy game, nothing like that. And he was like, Oh wow. You know, he's on a, I think a 2017 iMac and yeah. he does a lot of video editing and, and has to work with a proxy workflow, but this machine can just do whatever I need it to. And it's silent and it's been unbelievably reliable and solid. And it just has served me so well. And I really, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the future of my computing life holds. You know, you, you've said, I think you're totally right. You're going to stick with that 16 inch for a long time. I am not tempted really to go back to sort of a laptop, like an all, you know, as my, as my one computer, I like having a desktop. So I don't know. Uh, the good thing is I got time. I don't think we're going to see a Mac pro, you know, before WBDC, We'll probably see what the bigger iMacs are. But because I have this display, I'm not really tempted even by another big iMac because then I have this pro display to do something with. And so I don't know where it goes, but I can tell you the last two years have been really like the best, most solid two years of being on the Mac that that I think I've ever had. I've really enjoyed this computer. Yeah, well, I'm in the, I'm in the honeymoon right now with this laptop because it is it is crazy, and I I get emails from listeners that are going through the same thing. It's like whatever it is that you used to do, it just does it faster now, and the the fans never heat up. I still can't get over how this thing just never seems to like. I know there are fans in here, but I've owned it now what about six weeks, and I don't think I've ever heard them. You know, <laughs> so it's impressive. Yeah. Um, the uh, what about keyboard, mouse, and all that? Now, you, I know you just talked recently. You've gone, you know, over to the whole mechanical keyboard game. Uh, yeah. So I built my first custom keyboard under the the help and advisement of our friend Mike Hurley, who has really gone off the deep end in yeah. terms of custom key. I mean, he has dozens. It's bad. Like, well, I mean, he's soldering them together now, like a mad yeah. scientist. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have to solder anything, uh, but we picked out a. Uh, the Keychron uh, Q1, which is their new custom keyboard platform. And uh, there'll be a link in the show. You can go look at it. I'm using a keycap set that mimics the old Mac style. So they're beige keys with a very similar typeface to what Apple Apple used to use on them. Uh, some color modifier keys. So like command is purple. Uh, option is blue and, and return is green. And I love it. Uh, I, I've enjoyed typing on it a lot. It took it took me a long time to warm up to this. I used to use the Apple Extended 2 keyboard. And I got to a point where I couldn't use it anymore. It was really giving me a lot of trouble in my hands and wrist. And I think, um, I think what I've learned in the years since is that I want a, really, a pretty narrow keyboard. You know, the Extended Keyboard 2 is like 25 feet wide. Yeah. And the mouse is way over at the other end of your desk. And that just didn't work for me. Um, and the switches I have in this, uh, don't take a lot of actuation. And so I'm not like banging away on really heavy switches with springs in them or something, uh, pretty straightforward and and pretty, honestly, pretty easy to type on. And that's been helpful too. Um, so yeah, I, I love this thing. I've got it set up and then 
My other input devices haven't changed. I use the Magic Trackpad on the left and the Logitech Performance MX, which is a discontinued Logitech mouse. Uh, I use it on the right. Uh, I've had this mouse so long the battery doesn't work anymore, so it's plugged in all the time. And I have a couple of them on the shelf because uh, they're going to be harder to come by. And the mouse really fits me perfectly. And I, I'm not, the few times I've experimented it, it, I always come back to this one. So it's old faithful for me at this point. Yeah, I had a Logitech mouse that I used for years and it started just like flaking out on me and it would like stutter, you know, like it wouldn't hold a connection. And yeah. I tried connecting it Bluetooth and with the dongle and and it had worked so well for so long. I think something just went wrong in it. And I had an Apple mouse in the drawer, you know, the the one that everybody likes to make fun of. Mm-hmm. And I got that out and started using it and found that it didn't really feel any different to me than the Logitech. So I just kept using it. So I'm now like an Apple ad. You know, if you look at my desk, it's got the <laughs> Apple mouse, the Apple trackpad and the Apple keyboard. I, I did get, um, I had a Keychron keyboard that I had like tricked out with some cool switches and everything. And my daughter, one of the things with the fact that your studio is in the middle of the house is your kids see all of the stuff on your desk every time they go get a sandwich. And so my daughter kept coming by and saying, Dad, that keyboard is really cool. I really like that keyboard. You know, it's like, and finally, I'm like, would you like this keyboard? And she's like, I would love that keyboard. And so I... (laughs) So I gave it to her and she's like, she's like living her best life with the clicky keyboard. And, and then, um, I had an Apple keyboard in a drawer and I got it out and I thought, you know, the Apple keyboard actually feels pretty good to me. And then when Apple came out with the one with the touch ID button in it, I went ahead and bought one. And, and, uh, because I have a, an Apple Silicon MacBook, it, right. it works with it and it's great. And it is the extended deck. It's got the, the number pad, but I find I use the number pad and I also have used those number pads with modifier keys to do a whole bunch of keyboard maestro scripts. Um, so it's like a whole, it's like an automation platform between that and my stream deck. I get a lot of stuff done. Like, um, when I'm looking at an OmniFocus task, I wrote Apple scripts, um, custom Apple scripts in OmniFocus. So like if I'm on a task and I press one, it defers at one day. If I press two, it defers at two days. I press seven, it defers at seven days. I hold down the shift key, it adjusts the due date for a task. I've got all this like little like shortcutty stuff I do to move things around um, in like Apple Mail and OmniFocus and, and my calendar app uh, with just very simple keyboard things and with keyboard maestro you can trigger them by which app is active so you can use the same key for a whole bunch of different things and so i've kind of got used to that whole situation but i've also duplicated those scripts over on the stream deck and they're they're labeled on the stream deck so i'm not sure i really need the extended keyboard but uh, i was very happy with it and then you kept sending me pictures of this q1 keyboard and then i uh, i got to see mike hurley and he's talking about keyboards i you know oh boy the, I, I'm not making any moves here, but I it's on my radar at this mm-hmm. point. Let's say, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great time to get into the hobby. I know I know very little about it. Like my knowledge is extremely limited, especially compared to someone like Mike's. Yeah. But I do know that it has really. It's one of the hobbies that I feel like really took off during the the you know two years of COVID. I think as people were at home, you know, same reason people renovated their houses, right? Cause like you're home yeah. and you realize how cruddy your hall bathroom is. So you renovate yeah. it and you didn't go on vacation. So you've got the money. Uh, I feel like keyboards have sort of benefited from a similar thing. I think. 
Yeah. And I ordered a set of cool keycaps, um, you know, back when I had a mechanical keyboard before I handed it off. And and that that's in the back of my mind. One day those are going to show up. And am I going to give them to my daughter? Or am I going to like try another one and use those on? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But right now I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, um, with the Apple gear and the touch ID is really handy. Yeah. Um, although I will say that the touch ID is not as handy as I think the triggering the stuff on your watch might be easier in a lot of ways, you know, but the, um, it just depends on the I mean, context. that's how I have to do it because my, yeah. my desktop is an Intel Mac and it's really flaw. I mean, it's flawless. It's really fast. So if the system needs it, it prompts you. If something like one password needs it, it prompts you and you just double tap. Even Apple pay works really well through it. And yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Like it would be nice to have touch ID on a, on a future Apple Silicon Mac that is at this desk, but Apple's really done a good job of making the Apple watch like, a really good alternative if your Mac doesn't support touch ID. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk storage at all before we move on? Yeah, because last time we did this, um, you had drives taped to the back of your computer. And yeah, I know. I know. I, I took, it took me a long time to recover from yeah, that. I, yeah, I almost lost you that day. I and know. I was like, well, we had a good run. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I had I had a taped because I have this really cool external SSD that you convinced me to buy, by the way, but I didn't want it on my desk, uh, so I literally gaff taped it to a boom arm of the stand holding up my iMac. But the uh, and it was terrible. In fact, I think we have a picture of it somewhere, and uh, I called it my shame at the time. But but now that I have this ridiculously priced monitor, it has a very nice stand that I paid dearly for. <laughs> and I still gaff taped it to it, but it's much cleaner. It's laying against the back of it. So, so you it's can't still taped. See it. Yeah. In fact, I sent you a picture this morning. Did you see that? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I, I, guess, yeah. I guess my brain just skipped right over it. And yeah, that's pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't want to see it. I still want to see it. I mean, it's, yeah. so it's, it's it's like if you look at the Pro Display XDR stand, it's a big hunk of aluminum, and there's a center column, and I just gaff taped it to the back of the center column, which is funny because um, I can't see it at all when I'm working, but when I'm out watering the garden, if the windows are open, I can see it, and every time I see it, I think <laughs> about you. I'm glad, I'm glad I could be so useful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, so I've got an external SSD and I've got a couple, um, a spinning drive, uh, Western digital made some five terabyte spinning drives that are bus powered. And I've got those, um, basically, um, rigged under the desk. And one of them serves as a time machine drive. The other one serves as like an extra archive drive. Um, so any, at any time, my computer and those are all connected. The uh, SSD is connected directly to the Pro Display. Um, that's one where I want the the real speed, so I want a direct connection. And then the others are routed through a um, USB. I'm sorry, it's a USB C anchor device that has several USB A ports on it. Mm -hmm. And I run a USB A port down under the desk to a USB A hub, and they're connected to that, and they're fast enough because they're it's a backup drive and a they're base, basically both backup drives, so I don't mind. Yeah, it's different if you're editing on it or something like that. But if it's yeah. cold storage or time machine or something, yeah, I, t I totally get it. 
Yeah, I know that's the advantage of your computer is all that stuff is in the box, which is kind of It's nice. all inside. Yeah. And so I have uh, I have uh, upgraded and changed that quite a bit over the years. In fact, I have what I'm just going to toot my own horn, the most uh cleverly named uh <laughs> page on my website is called the Mac Pro Log and it's just me basically admitting to people how much I've spent on this computer. Um but it's like a public what, form of therapy. It is. Yeah. That's okay. It, I'm going to do one later. That's going to be a, a public confession. So just wait. I got okay. one for you. Okay. That's, that's, that's even more shameful. So just wait. So I, uh, and I'm very concerned now. Uh, when I, when I got the machine, it had a four terabyte internal SSD and I was using the promise J2I hard drive enclosure which at the time was the only thing that did this. Now you can like 3D print one yourself and it's super easy to, to get one that's 3D printed or one that's a lot cheaper, but it lets you mount a couple of spinning hard drives in the Mac Pro. And I had spinning hard drives in it for quite a while for uh, both Time Machine and for a nightly clone of the boot disk. So I would have my internal SSD, which are these little modules, and then a couple of spinning disks for backup. Uh, over time, though, I've been able to move everything over to SSD. And so it now has an eight terabyte internal boot SSD. Apple released that as a upgrade like mm, last year sometime. And uh, I moved to that. And that let me get rid of the situation I ended up in where I had like my main drive then had like a storage drive that I didn't boot from, but also wasn't a backup drive, right? It was just storage. And now all of that's just on the internal drive. And I have a, uh, a SSD set for nightly clones. And then I have this really cool card uh, is built uh, by um, uh by Sonnet is the Sonnet raid card and it lets you mount 2.5 inch SSDs right on a card and then it plugs into a PCI slot. And so I've got that now with two SSDs and I have it set to uh, basically treat it as one big pool of data. So I'm just sure. uh, striping across the two drives and that's my time machine. So my time machine is like the fastest time machine known to humankind. It doesn't need to be. But what I found, especially when I moved my desk here, and if you look at the pictures, the Mac Pro is is next to my desk. It's not under it anymore. That when those time machine drive, when that time machine drive would spin up, not only would I hear it, but if I were recording, uh, you would get a little bit of it in the recording. And I tried for a while doing the thing of like, well, let me unmount my time machine drive when I record and remount. And I always forget, right? It's such a nightmare to juggle disks like that. And so being all SSD means that it can run a backup. It's super fast and efficient and it's silent. And so having all SSDs all inside the machine is just the only way to live. And uh, I'm, I'm spoiled by it a hundred percent, right? Totally spoiled. So what, what raid format is that? It's a raid one. I mean, is it just, it's literally just one big drive, no yeah. backup on it. Yeah. Do you, do you worry about machine, that? That's the time machine volume is the, or is that set of rated SSDs. I would worry about like, what if one, because it's like, aren't there multiple opportunities for failure then if you've got multiple drives in that raid, like it just takes one to fail to real, to mess up your time machine, doesn't it? Yeah. But 
Um, I it was the only way to get a time machine volume big enough to okay. accommodate the air, eight terabyte boot drive. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it is not ideal, but it's the best I could do with the goal of staying all SSD. And there are some other things like OWC has a card. I think Sonnet has one too, where you can put in like four or six or however many of the M.2 drives that are a lot smaller. And then, then I could do like a RAID 5 and still get it yeah. up to 8 terabytes if I wanted to. But this, um, yeah, this is not perfect. And if I weren't also doing Backblaze and weren't also doing a nightly backup, I would be worried about this a little bit more. But it has worked really well so far. And so, and it's been, I don't know how long it's been set up like this. It's been set up a while like this and it's been okay. But yeah, it definitely is not the is not the optimal solution, but my goal was silence and it, it did meet that goal. Yeah. And, and honestly though, at the same time, it is a pretty good solution. I, I could see how that would keep you on that Mac pro longer. Like just because you've got everything wired down now, it's like if you switch to an Apple Silicon Mac pro or whatever next year, it's going to, you have to like rebuild that whole idea. It, it's not going to yeah. be, you know, I, I could see how you, once you get that nailed down, it makes you just want to stick with the computer longer. Well, and it's one of those things too, honestly, that we don't know what the future of the Mac Pro looks like, but if I can't move these drives over or I don't have the flexibility I have now, like I'm going to have to rethink it. And we just, I mean, I feel like at this point we could just throw something at the wall about the new Mac Pro and it may stick or it might not. Like we just don't know at this point, which is exciting. Yeah. But also like, yeah, what does this look like? And will I be able to just, you know, pick these cards, this card up and this SSD up and put it in the new one? Or am I going to have to do something different? Uh, time will tell with that. But for now, at least, and for the next at least a year, because I really don't think we're going to see a new Mac Pro where you can order one for a year. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm still in such great shape on this machine uh, in terms of performance and power that. I could run this thing a long time before really feeling that. I think I bet if I had to bet a nickel, I'd say that in order to get that storage situation, you're going to have to have a second metal box after the new Mac pro comes out. Maybe. I mean, uh, who knows if it is smaller? I mean, you know, we just don't know. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by one of my favorite podcasts, the tech savvy lawyer podcast. The Mac Power Users is great for anyone in any profession using a Mac. For those in the legal profession, whether you are a lawyer or law support focused on everything Mac, the tech-savvy lawyer podcast is all about how Macs and, yes, even Windows are used by lawyers. Your host, Michael D.J. Eisenberg, is the tech-savvy lawyer over at the page. And he interviews judges, lawyers, software developers, SEO specialists, and more talking about how lawyers and others in the legal profession can use technology to improve their practice of law. I've even been a guest on the show twice. I just think that people in the legal profession are really missing the boat. So many of them think they can rely on the old workflows that people were doing 50 years ago, and they're really suffering because of it. The lawyers that are smart, 
the lawyers that are tech savvy are the ones that are getting ahead. And Michael is doing a great job of helping bring legal professionals and those in the legal profession along on that journey. Just recently, he did an episode about Zooming your trials, because that's really a thing now. People are doing trials over Zoom. And he brought in Jamie Holland of Holland Law, who's a trailblazer on this stuff. And he had some great tips for how to use Zoom to be more successful at trial. And honestly, listening to it, I thought there's a lot of stuff in there that anybody that does Zoom conferences could use. Michael Eisenberg has really figured this out. It's got great production values and great content. If you do anything related to the law, you should check this out. So join Mike on his free biweekly podcast at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Libsyn, or wherever you get your podcast downloads. Why not spend your holidays catching up on the 36 episodes published so far? Once again, search for the Tech Savvy Lawyer wherever you get your podcasts. And our thanks to Mike and the Tech Savvy Lawyer podcast for the support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. Okay, let's get into the desks and the chairs and all the gear we got on them. The last time we did this, I had a chair. The chair I bought was, I kind of rage bought it at at Staples because my work didn't have any chairs for me. And I just like, I'll buy my own. It's fine, you know. And I think I paid about 150 bucks or so for it. And it was a fine chair. And I sat at my desk for many years at it. And then when I left the law firm, I took it with me because I paid for it. And I used it at my home studio for a long time. But I don't know. Are you a sailor at all, Stephen? Have you ever been sailing? Um, Is that I a tipped thing? a canoe over in a river once. Well, okay. So you understand the idea of tilt then. And sure. So that chair started listing to starboard uh, after, I don't know, about a year ago. And it just it was clearly not going to last much longer. <laughs> and uh, Mike Schmitz bought uh, this super weird office chair, but he loved it. So I went ahead and got one too. In fact, I couldn't remain the, remember the name of it. So when I went to look it up for today's show, I just did a Google search for a weird desk chair. And this was the first result that came back. <laughs> um, and it's called the uh, Capisco desk chair by Fully. And if you look at it, it is one weird looking chair. And, uh, but it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's a European design, but you can like flip it backwards and like sit against the backrest or sit forward and it goes up and down and it's way more comfortable than it looks. And I've had it like a year now. I love it. And, uh, so I've got a, an upgrade. The first time I've ever bought a fancy chair and it's been really nice. The one thing problem I didn't like about it is the, uh, the studio now is has wood floors and the wheels on this chair were messing the floors up. So mm. I up, I upgraded the wheels. I didn't know you could do this, but on Amazon, yeah. you can get like roller blade wheels for desk chairs, yes. like 30 bucks or something. And um, man, that was like money well spent. So I got upgraded wheels and I have the weirdest chair on the internet. Yeah, that's a huge deal with, with office chairs. Uh, we'll get into the, the ones I have in a second, but changing out the casters normally is not really even that hard. But you really want to make sure that like if you're on hardware, like in here, both sides of my studio are stained concrete. Now I've got rugs down and and so the chairs are on rugs. They're on thin carpet. But if I had them out on the concrete, like the rugs in my studio are like islands that desks sit on (laughs) and then everything else is concrete. And so really like look at what you have because, yeah, you may be tearing up your hardwood or like with with mine. 
the the casters that came on it weren't suitable for the concrete. And so if I were using it just on the concrete all the time, I would need to change. But uh, definitely something you can do. And again, for the longevity of something, you know, if something gets damaged or a wheel starts making noise every time you move around on a Zoom call, it's not the end of the world. Uh, these things are are definitely fixable. Yeah. What's your chair? So I uh, I had, or I still have, I should say, uh, a Herman Miller, the um, Aeron, Aeron chair. So I bought the Aeron when I first started working from home. It was actually my first purchase because um, I had like a really cruddy Amazon chair and it was breaking my back. So bought a nice chair. Um, but when I expanded the studio, that chair stayed at the desk it was at. And now my my streaming PC is on that desk. And so I bought a Herman Miller M-Body for uh, my desk I have now. And uh, I've been a big fan of it. I've used both over the years. Uh, the M-Body has a lot, of, a lot of fans, and rightfully so. It is really comfortable. Herman Miller's, uh, it has like a 10-year warranty on it. Uh, you can customize it. So mine is like this really nice like charcoal gray color that I ordered it in. And uh, I've been really happy with it. Now, one question I have for you about your chair, your chair seems to have a lot of variation in height, so you could use it like at a standing desk. My new desk is a sit-stand desk, and right now I'm standing as I record, and that my chair just sort of shoved out of the way because I can't use it if the desk is up high. And you know, that's uh, a limitation, I guess, of, of what I ended up with. But yours you could use at a standing height, right? Sort of. Mine, you can get with different size pistons, and the standard piston they sell at really is made to sit at a high desk with it. Um, but I got the smallest size piston because when I when I um, sink it all the way down, I have a separate writing desk we'll talk about in a minute, and it works at that too, so I can use it at either. But when I kind of lift it up, it's like if the standing – I can my desk, standing desk, is never as low – as a standard writing desk because my chair sits higher. Um, but it, I don't really use it when I have my desk in standing mode, I'm standing. I don't use the chair for that. Yeah. That's where I was kind of getting to. Uh, Cause I didn't look at this particular chair, but I, I did look at a couple, but my thought was if I have my desk up high in standing position, I'm doing that because I want to stand. And I just sort of live with the fact that the, the Herman Miller's like just off in the corner feeling sad when I'm standing at work. Yeah. I don't know. This Herman Miller chair looks really nice, but it also looks to me like, like something someone would put you in before they commit surgery on you or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. The back of it has a real like matrix vibe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I've been happy with it. I think Sean Blanc was my first friend who ended up with these. I think Mike has one of these as well. And uh, you know, if you, uh, if you've got a home office or even like an office office and you've got a bad chair, it'll just, you know, it'll wreak havoc on you, especially as, uh, you know, you're spending five, six, seven hours in it a day some days. And, and that was the other reason for me to, was to, to move to a standing desk. So I've got the fully Jarvis, the bamboo top 72 inch desk. And I really wanted to make, a real effort at standing at work. And I remember when I started it, uh, I texted you and I was like, dude, <laughs> this is great. Cause I, yeah. I feel like really on top of it and engaged and I, I can really stay focused while standing. And, you know, you were telling me there's a lot of science behind that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a reason why one of the rings on the Apple Watch is a standing ring. You know, um, you know, humans were not built to sit at a desk and think. I mean, that's just a, a, an invention of the last fifty or so years, or maybe a hundred years, let's say. You know, oh, I'm going to sit and think. It doesn't really work that way. Annie Murphy Paul has a book called The Extended Mind, which I would highly recommend anybody read, talking about how, you know, the human mind is not a computer. You know, you can't just treat it like a computer and expect it to work the same. And we are used to, you know, we're used to walking the planes, you know, and that genetically what we're grown to do. It's it's the reason why so often when you're stuck with a problem and you take the dog for a walk, the problem solution comes to you while you're walking. Um, so I, I really believe in like changing your posture. I have a standing S2. I was trying to figure out how old mine is. I have, I have the same one we had last time we talked about this. It is the um, uh, Next Desk by Terra, which was the one that Wirecutter re- uh, recommended when Wirecutter was brand new. You know, I mean, this is like maybe 10 years ago. I mean, I when I was, you know, we were talking earlier, when I had Max Barkey work being done out of my bedroom, that's when I bought that desk finally. I just needed to get a better situation, you know. And so this definitely predates me leaving the law firm by several years, and that was almost six years ago now. So I, I guess it's probably eight or nine years that I've had this desk, and I stand at it every day, you know, for a significant period of time. I love it. I push it up, I push it down, and th- it really does make a difference for me. I know this sounds like a uh, hip, uh, hippie nonsense, but if you haven't tried a standing desk, I'd recommend it. And now they're everywhere. You can get them at Ikea now. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, in fact, I had thought about my on my old desk, which is just a door literally bolted to a set of Ikea legs. I thought about swapping those out for sit-stand legs. I never did it. Um, but when I was building this and, and where the desk ended up, I had the opportunity for something new that's a lot bigger than what I had. So instead of just moving the old desk over and maybe putting new legs on it, uh, decided to go for this, uh, this fully desk and it's a bamboo top. It's all really nice. The one thing I like about fully is they have like sort of the complete, like the complete thing you need. And so it's got grommets. I have like a, a a power outlet that's built into the desk on the far right side, which I really like. Uh, they have a bunch of cable management uh, tools as well, so you can get things to screw onto the underside of the desk. Uh, I even just recently added a drawer to it that matches the bamboo, and it's yeah. all built together, so it sort of snaps onto place. And I've been I've been super happy with it. Yeah, and Foley is the same company that that um, distributes that weird chair I have, the Capisco. Yes. They're the they're the company that does that. So I wanted to add a shelf, and this was kind of as I kind of was seeing myself transition to a laptop plus screen. I want to have a little storage on the desk and and be able to push the keyboard underneath the monitor. And but I wanted a solid shelf because it's holding a very expensive monitor. And um, I started out looking at the Grove made uh, shelf. They have a shelf system. Uh, they've got a couple different ones, but the one I got was the wide one. And I saw that when I said, yeah, I want something just like this. And then I spent like two hours 
combing the internet for something that was less expensive than the one that Grove made sells. And <laughs> there was nothing. I mean, everything looked like junk and, and poorly put together. And I finally just bit the bullet and bought the Grove made shelf. And that's another one of those things where you, you're sure, am I, am I going to spend this money? And I did. And actually I love it. And, um, uh, the shelf is on my desk and it's great. So my screen is up on a shelf underneath it is empty space um, I guess I didn't explain this earlier. Uh, I am panicked that this very expensive MacBook Pro is going to get like water spilled on it. So I don't want to have it like on the desk surface at all. And at one point I had stuck a, like a thick pad of paper under it, you know, just thinking like, cause you know what's going to happen. Like my kid is going to work at this desk while I'm not home or, or even I'll spill some water on the desk and then I'm going to be very sad. Um, so I put this thick pad of paper underneath it, like, and then I realized, oh, wait a second, the shelf on the foot on the Grovemade thing, I didn't get, cause they have inserts for it. Like you can buy drawers and stuff. I just got the yeah. plain one, but there is a shelf inside, like on the left side, there's like two little shelves and it's just wide enough to hold like a 13 inch MacBook, but it is not wide enough to hold a 16 inch MacBook pro. I doubt it's thick wide enough for a 14 inch either, but if I turn it on its side, so I put it in sideways. Uh, that's perfect because then the ports that I'm plugging into stick out the back. And then the HDMI and one of the USB-C and the um, and the SD card slot point out the front. So it's almost like a little box system. So I, I actually slide the computer in the top shelf of this Grove made shelf. And then underneath the, the, the screen, I can put my keyboard and mouse and everything if I want to you know, use the Surface for something else. And uh, it's very, uh, very nice system. So I'm very happy with my desk and my shelf. Yeah, I, I ordered one of these shelves too. You, you talked me into it. I ended up not loving it for my particular setup. Uh, so I gifted it to my brother who is using it with his iMac and he loves it. Um, yeah. I, I, I really think that especially if you're on a, a smaller desk, having levels, you know, like how Kramer talked about, you know, levels, Jerry levels. Uh, yeah. that can really be a uh, a nice way to expand things. And you sent me a picture of your MacBook Pro like sticking in there sideways, like, oh, that's really that's really smart. Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Uh, what else is on your desk, Stephen? Uh, I mean, as far as other uh, other tech stuff, I have um, I've got my audio equipment. So I've got a link to my gear page in the show notes, but none of that has changed. I'm using the USB pre two as my audio interface. Um, a company whose name sounds like a dirty word. Uh, I use, <laughs> I use them for a USB, uh, like, a, uh, basically USB like power pass through. And, uh, my headphone amp is made by them as well. And then, the thing that I think I get the most comments on um, when I share a picture of my desk is my speakers. I've got a set of Harman Kardon sound sticks from about 200 years ago. The right one where the cables come in is broken. And so they're like hot glued in there, but I love the way they sound. It's got an external sub, uh, which I have on the corner of my desk and I've had them for years and um, I, d I didn't use them for a while when I had the iMac pro in particular, it's speakers were really good. So I used the built-ins, but most people don't know this. The pro display doesn't come with speakers or a camera or a microphone. It's all modular. And so yeah. I have this like 
modern brutalist display, you know, with like aluminum and hard edges. And then next to them, I have these like bubbly 2003 era, perfectly clear <laughs> speakers set up. Uh, and the contrast sort of makes me chuckle. Um, but I've got those speakers there and they have served me well for a really, really long time. Yeah, I, I've got the, uh, we talked about this in the last few months. I'm not going to go at length, but I have these focal speakers that I I did a review on in, wow, it was a long time ago, uh, 2009. <laughs> I yeah. did a review on them. And I, I, instead of sending back the review units, I bought them. I asked them, how much can I give you for these? And they still sound great, but I, I was toying with replacing them because it's got a big subwoofer on the floor and everything. But I've decided just to keep them and just keep rocking them. You know, yeah. it's like I keep hearing about people that have AirPods break uh, or home pods break and these are never going to break and they have an input and I'm just going to just stick mm-hmm. with them. So I'm good. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do when my sound sticks finally give up the ghost. Um, one thing I have done, I did it in September uh, I know it was September because I, it, what prompted this was I shot a confetti gun off in my office when we hit a uh, million dollars raised for St. Jude. Yeah. And boy, that seemed like a really good idea on the planning <laughs> call. And then I did yeah. it. I was like, and it wasn't like confetti, confetti, but it was like big. I mean, the size of, you know. Quarters. Like, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Not like, yeah. not like glitter confetti. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I shot it off and a bunch of them got ended up inside of the sub of my sound sticks because <laughs> yeah. the top is open. So air can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I ended up taking it completely apart and cleaning it and like cleaning all the contacts and putting it all back together. So uh, I'm hopeful that it will uh, continue to serve me for a long time. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Don't <laughs> shoot a glitter gun in your guy. office. Don't do and it. You're a stream deck guy. That's new for you as well. Yeah, in the last year or so, um, man, it's so good with shortcuts. Like, I, I think we're going to end up doing an episode uh, at some point about the way shortcuts integrate. Shortcuts can integrate with a bunch of third-party applications. In fact, just today there was something about, um, I think, like a, a keyboard maestro plugin for shortcuts. But having this weird mix of like keyboard maestro and shortcuts and home kit like all these things just at my fingertips i really i've really come to enjoy it and yeah. so yeah i've got a stream deck that's like dead center right beneath my between the the top of my keyboard and the bottom of the display yeah i didn't mention that so on my i keep my stream deck on the left side right above my trackpad and so my left hand just kind of swipes up there and hits buttons and that works great um, but, uh, what I, I had, I was going to sell, I have the original square edge iPad pro, the big one. And I had set it up to sell it to Apple, but I also use it for sheet music. And I was like, man, I really like this big screen for reading music. And I couldn't decide whether to sell it back or not. And I'm like, well, what else could I do with it to justify keeping it? And, and at the same time, I was I was dealing with a lot of pesky problems I was trying to solve. So I had all these mind maps that I was working on. And I had on my on my Mac screen, the left screen was devoted to a full sc- 
screen instance of my note. And that's kind of a way I work on problems. I just keep it open and go over and think about it and fiddle with it. And I thought, boy, it'd be nice if this was in front of me all the time. And I don't have multiple monitors. When we did this last, I had multiple monitors, but I lost them. That was part of the COVID thing. The monitors got used by the kids. So I put the iPad underneath the uh, the at Pro Display. And because I have this Grovemate shelf, it just props really nicely right above the keyboard. So I have this big 12.9 inch screen under the pro display and I put it on a uh, elevation dock draft table. They made a new one now, by the way, that has a divot in it for the camera system. So it sits at rest better, which is nice. Um, But I I just kind of propped it under there and I find this really handy to have an iPad like right above my keyboard. and. I uh, and I can run it independently, so like I can have my node open and work on a mind map there. Sometimes I'll also like leave OmniFocus running there, or I'll leave a calendar app running. At other times, I'll go ahead and just turn it into a um, sidecar display if I'm working on something where I just need an extra screen from my Mac and drop it down there. And this isn't the same as having an extra, you know you know, 27 inch screen next to it, but having just a little extra screen real estate occasionally can really help. And I really like the iPad, um, underneath the Mac like this. And I started this workflow about four months ago. I think I shared a a screen, a picture with you when I started doing it. And I am, this is really stuck for me. So if you've got an extra iPad, it doesn't even have to be the big one. And you've got a, a screen set up where you can stick it under uh, your Mac display, it is very handy. What you've what you've done is you've made the world's largest touch bar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess I have. <laughs> I mean, but I I don't always keep it sidecar connected, but I do at times. Like you know, like when I'm working on recording a field guide, for instance, I have all these outlines that I write in Obsidian, and I'll put Obsidian sidecar in that screen below the main screen, which is the recording screen, so I can look at my outline as I'm recording. And I can still use the keyboard to address it, you know. And once Apple, I forget the name of that feature that they can't seem to ship where they you can type on uh, with one keyboard on a related iPad. Yeah, uh, universal control. Yeah, universal control, I can do that. Or if I had a keyboard with multiple Bluetooth radios, I could do that as well. But the um, but I uh, I just find it really handy. And um, even without universal control, I find myself using it in a whole bunch of different contexts. And then when I want to play my music, I, I just turn it on its side and put my favorite music uh, uh, music score app up and start playing. So, yeah, I found a use for it. I kept it. This episode of Mac Power Users is made possible by Memberful. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web. Memberful lets you generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your company's revenue stream. Memberful has been a huge part of Relay FM for a long, long time. But in 2020, we had to get really serious about our membership as the uh, uncertainty of that year unfolded. And Memberful made it really easy to scale up our membership. We now offer access to a Discord, secret members only podcast, and so much more. And all that is built on Memberful. I'm not running around stringing a bunch of services together with tape and, and bailing wire. Memberful gives me all the tools I need so we could stabilize and grow the business. It is everything you need to run a membership program. 
optimized checkout forms, Apple Pay support, easy member management, dashboard analytics, free trials, gift subscriptions, and more. And Memberful seamlessly integrates with the tools you already use, including lots of fully managed integrations with the most popular services. So if your site is built on WordPress, or you're using MailChimp or Discord, or even if you're like me and you have a custom CMS, you can integrate Memberful really easily. And now you can send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful without needing to connect a third-party email provider at all. You can publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful-hosted members-only website. So you can read the RelayFM newsletter in its entirety right on the web. There's no additional fee for this when signed up for a Memberful Pro or Premium plan. Plus, you'll save money compared to other popular hosted newsletter platforms. So get started for free. Memberful.com slash MPU. There's no credit card required to get started. Just head on over to memberful.com slash MPU to check it out. See what it could do for your business. Our thanks to Memberful for the support of the show and Relay FM. So we've talked a lot about the technology on our desks, but you and I both are people who like objects yeah. and, and things. Uh, neither of us are in like the white room of Johnny Ive. And so what are some non-tech stuff you keep around? Uh, I have several things. Um, I have like a, a Yoda statue. And I always think of him as my coach, you know, whenever I'm goofing off, he's looking at me like, are you really going to do that? Why don't you get to work? You know? So he's, he's my, uh, my little coach. He sits on my desk and I, he's been on the desk for years. I have, uh, about six months ago, someone gave my daughter an orchid that was dying and I've nursed it back to life. And uh, I keep that on my desk. Uh, when you first joined the show, you mailed me a bell you know, where I can ring the bell sometimes. And it really touched me, you know, there yeah. we go, you know, new as a new partner, I thought it was just a really nice gift. And then I found a stormtrooper helmet in my backyard. You know, we have a lot of little kids over the house. Lego stormtrooper helmet had fallen off some at some point with one of them. And it was very nicely weathered. So I put it on top of the button. So now I smashed the stormtrooper head to ring my bell. Nice. Yeah. A little upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> a little customization. Yeah, there you go. I, I have a lot of Star Wars stuff because that's just the age I am. Um, sure. I, I have some analog tools. Um, I have a web notebook from Rodia and a Platinum 3776 pin. Mike Hurley turned me onto that. And it was funny because unlike a lot of things where I can go down the rabbit hole, this one, I, once I found a pin I liked, I just said, okay, I'm good. I don't need a bunch of these. Um, and so I have a nice pen and a notebook that I can journal in that I do occasionally with paper, but I also still use day one. And then, oh, by the way, day one has a scan feature. So if you, I write in the notebook, I actually scan it because last year when we got evict, uh, when we got um, evacuated for the fires, I forgot my note paper notebook. And then, then I realized I'm going to start scanning anything I write down for a journal that's not digital already. And I got um, these analog cards from Ugmunk. Um, uh, we had the, uh, I forget the gent's name, the guy who runs the company was a guest on the Focus podcast. And he sent me a deck of these cards. And they're just real simple index cards that you can write your task list for the day. And then you write a few notes on the back of it. But they're just really well done. And um, I like them so much I bought like, a set of them. And then I got one of the, he has like a little walnut tray. You put them in and every morning I write down like the, you know, 
less than 10 things I really want to get done today. Mm -hmm. I still love OmniFocus and I still have task management software, but there's something to like that last step of saying, these are the things that I'm really going to get done today. And, and I write those down and I'm looking at them all day because they're written down and, and facing me. For me, you know, non-tech stuff, it's a lot of knickknacks that I've collected over the years. So like I have the Relay and Mac Power User Challenge coins, you know, side by side. Uh, a listener of Connected hand knit the three of us uh, this representation of an emoji joke that we had on the show. Um, and so I have this like hand knit made in Australia sent to me by a listener as a gift. Yeah. That's a nice. little little character, a little plush character, a 3D printed dog cow someone handed me at WWDC. Like, <laughs> just like, here, here, I made this for you. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And so that's there as well. Um, I, too, keep a paper notebook. I carry field notes notebooks. And whichever is my current one, because I burn through about one a month, uh, whatever the current one is, is either in my front left pocket or it's to the right of my mouse. Um, on my desk with a pen to uh, anything to jot down. So like just today, like I had a a call with Mike Hurley, my business partner, he's been on vacation. So we were kind of catching up on some stuff in the business. And then I've been taking edit notes for the show just as, as we record, just dying down timestamps. And that's always there. Sometimes that is more journaly in nature and it'll get scanned into day one. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like the list of stuff my wife told me to get at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, the window measurements when you go get blinds. Exactly. Like yeah. It, yeah. 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 Uh, the one from, you know, the, the notebooks I used in the summer and fall are full of like little notes about the paint colors in the studio or like how much lumber do I need to go pick up or whatever. So uh, they are very uh, unspecial in terms of what actually ends up in them for me. And that's the key, I think. Uh, for me to to really lean into using a notebook is not to be precious about it, and it's easy to be precious about it. So I try, uh, I try not to be. Hey, let's talk a little bit about video gear because both of us are making a lot more video these days, and I know that was one of the reasons you expanded your studio. What is your video setup? Yeah, so I've really got two kind of two components to it. Uh, years ago, I built. Uh, an overhead rig. So if you look at any of my videos and your point of view is from above, it's like if I'm, if I'm unboxing something or explaining something, or sometimes in my videos I'll, I'll like draw or like sketch or keep score, you know, if it's a game, uh, that's all in that custom overhead table. And you can buy stuff like Elgato makes gear. Lots of other companies make gear. We can just mount a camera from above and aim straight down. I ended up building this. It's all, it's all like just hardwood store, you know, <laughs> hardware store stuff. It's now bolted or, or screwed through, I should say, my old desk. I moved it when I expanded the studio. And so that's kind of part one. And there's a Sony A6400 that is permanently attached to that overhead table. Lighting is permanently attached now. And, uh, it was really key. It was really important to me for that to be kind of turnkey. Like if I need an overhead shot or I'm going to stream, like I just want to go turn the stuff on and it all work and I have to set it up every time. So that's sort of the sort of one half of it. Um, the other half is, is the camera I've used for a long time. The Sony a seven three, 
Uh, there's an A7 IV that's been announced, but not actually shipping. Um, but I'm on the on the Sony uh, A7 III, and it is a just an absolutely fantastic camera. That's all of my basically anything you ever see from me that's not an overhead shot is shot with this camera. And I got a couple of different lenses for it, but it has been a workhorse for me for for years now. Uh, and I've been on the Sony line for years. I've upgraded a couple of times, but the a7 III has been uh, really just a, a a real soldier for me. Yeah, that's an, that's I bought that camera on your recommendation, and not only does it shoot all of my videos and webinars, but it also has taken many Christmas card photos and yeah, you know, family pictures as well over the years. It's a great camera. Uh, for for video for me, I generally shoot uh, with my desk in the background, mm-hmm. and I have a tripod. And I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of if you look at a lot, of, a lot of people that produce content like us, a lot of them will have like a rolling rig with a permanent camera fixed to it. But one of the downsides of me being in right in the smack middle of the house is I don't really have the space to do something like that. Um, so I manually set the rig up every time. It's a tripod. Uh, there's a mic that mounts on top of it. I've got some some lights. The lights are LED. They're not super fancy. I got them off Amazon, and uh, they have batteries on the back, so I don't have to step over cords. But I do have lighting on myself. I'm supremely backlit because I have a big window behind my desk, and and that used to always when I first started, I kind of resented that I didn't have like a better setup, like you know. You guys like Steven and a lot of friends that I have that do this have like a really good camera, like always ready to go. But then one day I just timed myself and it's like 10 minutes to set this up. Yeah. You know, and then when I get done video, I'm always so wound up. I always have to like come down anyway so I can put a YouTube video on or listen to some music and, un, un you know, put everything away. It's not a huge deal for me to set this video set up, but, but it is, um, uh, that has improved a lot since we last did this. As I, I've got a nice lens, I've got a good audio, and I'm very happy. I'm going to, in 2022, be making a lot more video now that I've kind of got this all settled. Yeah, w- one thing I really wanted to be able to do was to have something that was more easy to set up or something that was even a little more permanent. And because I was working in such little square footage before, uh, that was just really difficult. So I was building the camera, doing everything every time. Uh, it's not done yet, but my plan is for in this in this new space is in one of the corners to have sort of basically have a little video set and probably not leave things set up permanently, but at least you know have it marked out where like I know where things will sit, so I can set it up pretty quickly. Everything I've done so far has been very much a sort of one-off and I, I want that to be a little more uh, not only a little more like stable for like the audience so you kind of know what to expect eventually from a video for me in terms of what it will look like and how it'll feel but also so I don't I don't have to think about it as much like you're setting up and tearing down but you kind of have your look and you know where things go and I've never really had that and so uh, that is a a big reason I expanded and and something that hopefully in the next, even in the next few weeks becomes a little bit more solid. I also own an Amazon rig called the glide gear and it's just a tube piping and it connects together and gives you an overhead angle to hang a camera off of. 
this is a the poor man's version of what you've done, but it all <laughs> breaks down, right? Yeah. And then when I need it, um, I guess I might as well mention the, the Iron Giant is the thing I keep referencing. It's a Husky uh, Home Depot toolbox. You know, yep. it's like on wheels with a wood top. I bought it for the studio when I originally set up upstairs and it was crazy to get that thing upstairs. And then it was even crazier to get it downstairs when I moved back downstairs, but it's got rolling drawers in it. And a lot of the gear that I use repeatedly goes in there and I've got um, foam liner in all of it. So I can like carve out foam space for it. And I, I am one of those weirdos that like, you know, mise en place. I want everything in like its place. And hmm. this is, it really pushes all my buttons. I've shown you my drawers, right, Steven? Oh, yeah. And there's a picture of it on your studio page. People should go, yeah. Yeah, should it's, go it's check cr- out. It's crazy, but I love it. And um, so that goes there. But I can also set up that overhead rig on top of that very easily and shoot down mm-hmm. when I need to. But again, that's a 10-minute yeah. setup. And it's, it's not the end of the world, but it, it does take some time to set it up. Yeah, I've got one of these Husky uh, tool chests. Mine is much smaller than this, but that's actually what my Mac Pro sits on. So the desk can lower and raise, and the the Mac Pro kind of splits the difference height-wise, which made the cable management much, much easier than having the Mac Pro on the floor. But um, I, uh, yeah, I always enjoy looking at these pictures, and yeah, please never move it. (laughs) Please never move it again. Oh, man. (laughs) You're going to get crushed. I got a bunch of um of kids like my nephew he's a teenager now and his like strong swimmer friends to come over and bought pizza for them to to get this downstairs but I put myself at the bottom because I felt like if somebody's going to die here it should be me you know because it's mine and mm-hmm. um it was it was bananas getting that downstairs but <laughs> that's one reason why I can't move again honestly yeah. but it is nice i mean that's something that i definitely overlooked when i first built my studio was just storage and you have all the normal office stuff right like i have a file cabinet full of legal paperwork and you know checks i've scanned all that sort of stuff but i also have the camera and microphones and i have relays entire mobile recording setup that we used to use when we did live shows that's all been absorbed into my stuff i need to (laughs) separate that back out at some point but it's amazing how quickly you look around and realize just how much stuff that yeah i need this on a pretty regular basis but i need it stashed away most of the time and i think your use of what is effectively a toolbox was such a good move and and like i said i mean when i need a little kind of side table for my Mac Pro to live on. That's what I got because it has really nice storage inside of it. And it looks pretty nice. It's, you know, black steel and wood. And so yeah, kind of matched the aesthetic I already had. And, and it's not that expensive no. and, it, and it rolls out. So like when I want to like shoot maybe a webinar and I want a desk in front of me, I can put one there, you know, it's yeah. just not that hard. Uh, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of my, other things I have. The other thing I have in my studio that's oddball is I have a second desk and we mentioned this in the last show, so I won't go to it in great length, but there is a writing desk, like a, a very old antique writing desk. I have no idea how old it is, but it was old when my great aunt had it. And now it's even older. And it's like when my mom died, it was like the one piece of furniture that I wanted to make sure I took. Cause as a kid, she kept it in her bedroom and she never used it 
as a writing desk. And it always bugged me that this thing that was made for this purpose never got used that way. And so I use it as a daily desk and it's like a second desk for me. I don't do anything digital at it. Um, but when I want to write, um, I sit there and work and I'm at that desk every day too. And it's a folding top desk, you know, so it's, it kind of folds out of the way when I don't need it. And I, uh, I really love that too. So I, I've got the Iron Giant, the sit stand desk, and the writing desk all kind of lined up together. That was one thing I did when uh, expanding this. You know, I've got this really nice Jarvis desk that I use every day. I still have my old desk, and my overhead rig is is there. My PC is there, but I can use it. But the third thing I did was I added a uh, basically the tiniest couch IKEA sells um, because I wanted a place that that like your writing desk that there's actually not a computer here, right? I can sit there and I can read or I can think. Uh, It's too short for me to take a nap on, which is probably good if I were to be perfectly honest. Um, But just a place for the type of work that I do, not at a screen. And I didn't have that before in 150 square feet. There was no room for that. And, And now I have that. And that's something else I definitely recommend if you've got a home office or, you know, a jobby job office, like if you can make it work where you have workspace or a place to think that's not at your computer, I find that so valuable. And it really, you know, something like, uh, like on Fridays where I do my task management review every Friday afternoon, I get my iPad and I go sit on the couch and I can scroll through my projects can see, you know, what's what, and I could do that, you know, sitting or standing at my Mac Pro, but just having the iPad, being on the couch, it being Friday, I know like what that time is for. And I like the the way to break that up. Just like sitting and standing breaks things up. Having different workspaces, even if they're four feet away, can totally change the game for me in terms of productivity and focus. Yeah, we bought, um, the kids bought me for Christmas like five years ago, like a kind of a fake mid-century modern comfy chair um, that I keep generally to the right of my desk facing me, you know, kind of just like at an angle. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of, I'd have a picture of it, but I'm going to explain why in a minute I don't. Um, but it, that's exactly what I do. I sit there and do my OmniFocus review, or I sometimes journal there, or, you know, I just it's just a, it's a different space for me to work in, which I find very useful. And the other thing that I love about that chair is the dog has taken it over. And usually when I'm working throughout the day, she sits, it's like my little Chewbacca there, you know, sitting in the chair with me. She sits in the chair, keeps an eye on me while I work, you know? And so that's like, she loves that chair too. But um, because my studio is the front room of our house at holiday time, I take that chair and put it in storage and then I push the Iron Giant against the wall where the chair usually is, and we have room for the Christmas tree. So they, <laughs> right now, the Christmas tree is in there, so I, I can't use it. Um, but in January, I'll, I'll be getting my chair back. I actually ordered a replacement for it at the beginning of COVID from um, a company that specializes in making the little better versions of that mid-century modern chair. But because of COVID and shipping and stuff, it still hasn't arrived. I think I'm not going to get it to like middle of next year or something. Yeah, that's cool. It, it is, it is just so nice to have someplace else to work. You know, even if it is, even in my case, I can see my computer, but I'm not at it, and that that yeah. is a mode switch for me. 
Yeah, no, I, I really love it. And then when the dog came along and she quickly took possession of it when I'm not in it, that makes it even more special, you know? Yeah. I can't get Eva to hang out in here. She she doesn't like it out here. I don't know. Ahsoka, she is super happy to lay there and take a nap. And then I keep some snacks in the Iron Giant. So that's what she did. Yep. I give her an award. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, she's great. And I also have one at my feet. Sometimes she wants to lay down on the floor. So there's a little pillow down there too. But um, she's she's with me almost all day, you know. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off and type more with less effort. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. With Text Expander, you can say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. Text Expander just handles it for you. Just over the weekend, I had to send an email out to 30 people that had the same subject line and relatively the same body language. So I made a text expander snippet that I triggered in the subject line. It typed the same subject line in, then it hit the tab key, and then it used an Apple script to insert the person's first name that it would get from the the, uh, recipient field of the email. And then it would type the text for me, and I had a few places where I could make little adjustments. Now, if I had done this manually, it would have taken me hours. Using Text Expander, it took me about 15 minutes. And that's the beauty of Text Expander. It's just so much better than your standard, you know, search and replace or text expansion tools because it allows you to do things like hard code the tab key in or insert an Apple script or even put in an, a field where it asks you to do a fill-in while it's expanding. Text Expander can also put in the current date and time if you want. It's just a very powerful text expansion tool, and there's really nothing else like it. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's really better than copy and paste or scripts and templates. Text Expander can be used on any platform, in any app, anywhere you type. So take your time back and increase your productivity with Text Expander. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. And you can get that over at textexpander.com slash podcast. I'm a big fan of Text Expander because it saves me so much time. But they were also the very first sponsor of the Mac Power users. So they always have a warm place in my heart. So go check out Text Expander. Whether you're an individual or you've got a big company, they've got a solution for you. Once again, that is textexpander.com slash podcast to get that 20% off. And thank you, Text Expander, for all of your support of the Mac Power users. Okay, so your studio's done. You're not going to make any changes. You're good forever, right? <laughs> you know, it took me about, I think about three years to get the old side really optimized and like dialed in. I suspect that this new side will be much longer. Not only because it's bigger and I have both of them now, but, you know, I really, I really sort of come to embrace the idea that the studio itself is a project and... And by that, I mean it It should and can change and evolve as my needs change and evolve. That just because something works really well right now doesn't mean it always will. And I shouldn't be afraid to take something off the wall or cut a desk in half or, you know, do whatever to to meet my needs as, as I move forward. And 
I was lucky in, in expanding this, having the knowledge of five years in the space of what I needed and what I wanted to change. But, you know, in another five years, I'll have twice the experience with it. And so for me, it's always a, it's always a moving target. And I have just, I've kind of just have come to embrace that. I found that really frustrating when I first moved in the studio, but I've learned that that's just part of the process as you know, a creative person, uh, you know, projects and needs change and the space should reflect that because the space is a tool just like my Mac, just like my phone, just like my, you know, glued together sound sticks. Like the studio itself is a tool for my work and just like any other tool, sometimes you got to upgrade it. Sometimes you got to replace it. Sometimes you just need to do something different. Yeah. And I do think making the space you work in nice is important. Um, like I, ordered that chair last year because I want, I want it to be a nice place where I enjoy working. You know, um, uh, another thing in that Annie Murphy Paul book is the idea that, you know, you should really like your space that you work in. It makes you work better, you know, like where they did the studies where they had the Johnny Ive style empty office and people's productivity went down, you know, because it's just, you know, we're humans. We need connections to things that bell reminds me of my friendship with you yoda reminds me of so many great things i did growing up Mm -hmm. and keeps me you know all this stuff and i've got pictures of my kids and there as well and my dog sitting next to me i mean all of this stuff actually helps and i think that you should always be looking at ways you can make little improvements Um, so i I agree with you Uh, things i want to change in my space is um i want more video angles um we you know right now i've got one good video angle with my desk in the background um daisy and i have been collecting disney art since we were dating which is you know 30 years ago now and we had some good art. I mean, when I worked there, they'd have these drawings where like employees could enter and sometimes you'd win some pretty valuable, nice artwork. And then we buy pieces once in a while, nothing super expensive, but stuff that we love. And we had all this stuff in like, you know, tubes in the garage and dirt throughout COVID. We're like, this is enough. We started framing the stuff and we've got this huge wall to the left of my desk now that is like full from like floor to ceiling with nice art. And I feel like with a little more work, I can turn that into a background, you know? And like, there's a couple angles, like there's an angle there on my desk with my screen. What Like I'm looking at my pro display and you're looking at my face kind of thing with a nice mm-hmm. background. So I want to add some backgrounds. That's something I definitely want to do heading into the next year. Yeah, And then I told you earlier about my shame. So it's time for me to tell you what I've done. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> the, uh, there's a, there's a product on the market that I have been fascinated with since they first announced it. It's called the Vesta board. Have you heard of this Vesta board? Vesta board. I, 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 I posted on it at Max Barkey earlier this year. Oh yeah. I remember you posting about this. Okay. So I, I, sometimes I, I'm not one of these people that like reaches out to companies and say, Hey, I'm special. You should give me one. Right. Mm -hmm. But I did write a post and if they had contacted me, I would not have said no, (laughs) 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 but the, um, they never did contact me and you know, who cares? Uh, But the, uh, it's, it's a split flap, um, board that you can hang on your wall. Split flap is the technology they used to use in the old train station things where it would, you know, go chicka, 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 and it would give you like the, the flaps would spin over and it would tell you if your, 
your train had been delayed or whatever. Yeah. But I just, I just love the sound of them, you know? And these people made one that connects to your iPhone and it connects to if this, then that, where you can like have it display what you're working on that day or a quote or whatever. And I thought, what a great idea. It is ridiculously expensive. It's like 2,500 bucks, um, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, there's no way I'm ever buying one. It's more like 3,000. I have to look it up. But anyway, the, um, so I, I'm not going to buy one of these. And Daisy kept saying, well, you know, I know you really want one of those. I'm like, yeah, we can't afford it. And we're trying to get two kids through college, blah, blah, blah. And then I had someone contact me to do a contract job that I hadn't expected. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm like, you know what? And I just quoted them the cost of a Vesta board <laughs> to do their job. <laughs> and I said, if they say yes, I'm going to get one. And like a so one to said, one. Yeah. Yeah, they said yes. I did the job. I ordered it, and it's not going to arrive till sometime next year. It's like they're very slow to deliver. But I am, with some trepidation, admitting publicly that I've ordered a Vesta board because it is ridiculous to buy something this expensive. But I'm going to love it so much, and I'm going to hang it right up over my uh, my window, and uh, I'm going to use it all the time. So I can't wait. I'm fascinated by this. What sorts yeah. of things do you want to put on it? Well, I have, uh, I've already been collecting quotes that I like, but I'm going to build if this, then that recipes that puts on like the three things I want to get done that day. Oh boy. You know, um, I, uh, I want to send like messages to the family when I'm out of town. I got like, I got like a whole thing, man. I, I don't know where this is going and and there's still time for me to back out because it's not going to be ready till like June, you know? Right. But I'm on the list and I feel like, there's a very good chance that the next time we do one of these shows, I will have a Vesta board. Yeah. I, I get the thing of being on a list. Like I, I put down a deposit on a electric F-150. So I understand the like, Oh, you did. I can okay, still yeah. back out, yeah. Yeah. but I don't want to. This looks, yeah. this looks so cool. Right. Right. I, I'm going to make the Apple logo on it. Like I'm going to make the Max Sparky logo on it. I'm going to do a whole bunch of cool stuff with it. Like I could, I could see myself using it for video intros. I mean, I, you know how you start justifying things when you buy sure. something you don't need. Um, but anyway, I feel like there's a lot I could do with it, but I, uh, I'm on a list and I have now done the work. So the money is sitting in my account and like barring something unforeseen, like if suddenly we need the money, you know, did you ever see the movie up, you know, how they kept smashing the jar of pennies, right? You know, yep. Mari and I don't need to smash that jar of pennies. By the time they tell me they've got one for me, I'll be getting one. So we'll see. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I got to close this tab or I'm going to yeah. <laughs> make a mistake. Be careful, man. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really made for companies, you know, like you put it in the companies and it reports your sales figures or you put it whatever. You know, when we went to, um, when we went to London for Mike's wedding, we stayed at this really cool hotel on the South Bank that had a big split flat board in the lobby. And I would sit in there and work and it would go off, you know, giving the weather or whatever. And I just loved the sound of it, you know? And when I first saw this, I thought, well, I can't afford it. I immediately dismissed it as you should. Um, but then I started looking into, well, what if I started made my own? I started researching split lap technology and like people are building their own now, but I'd need a 3d printer. And I'd like, it was just going to turn into a thing, you know, 
Yeah. Whereas this contract job I did took like a week and a half and I didn't have to buy a 3d printer and I felt like it was the same thing. All right, I'm good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this one, I mean, like you said, if I'm looking through their website, I mean, they have an iOS app. It's like the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing from them. Like, I think they figured out that I know something about tech. So now that I've agreed to give them my money, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they want to talk to me now. That's right. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it is, uh, we'll see. I, I think the likelihood of me doing this is 75, 25 at this okay. point. Yeah. But the, uh, but that would be a nice upgrade. And I know exactly where I'd hang it. Like there's a big window behind my, my uh, computer. I'd just hang it up above that, you know? Yeah, it's cool. I'll keep us posted. I will. I will. I, I, I don't think I'll be able to keep it a secret if I get one. No, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> in terms of like immediate changes for me, uh, you know, finishing out the video set, whatever that's going to be. And that's just sort of hand wavy ideas right now. Uh, one thing I did do differently this time is I still have a good bit of soundproofing on the walls in here, like behind the display. What I'm the wall I'm facing right now has actually the foam that uh, I use on the other side. I pulled it down and moved it over here. But one thing I did differently was I got uh, foam panels that are meant to hang on the wall, so they have like an internal wooden frame, and then it's the acoustic material on the inside, and there's fabric stretched over it. But I bought them knowing they had an internal wooden frame and I put them on uh, casters and so I can move them around. And so while sitting at my desk, my acoustics are really good. Say that I was recording, you and I were in person, we're going to record, you know, not at my desk. Maybe they're not as good. Or if I'm doing a video, you have a, I have a little bit more echo than I want. And instead of just slathering this place with acoustic foam, like the other side is, the other side still sounds better. Uh, I am experimenting with this idea of movable panels so I can put them right where I want them. Now, I can't hang them, right? They're not up high. They're, the panels are about four inches shorter than me, but it's already kind of been useful to have these like movable panels. And they double as if I'm, say, shooting a tour video of the studio and I want to hide a bunch of junk that I put on the back shelf. You you can't see them because yeah. there are these panels in front of it. So uh, that is something uh, new. But I still have some some things to iron out in terms of the uh, the acoustics in here because it's a big room and uh, really tall ceilings in the front where the windows are. And so there's a lot of opportunity for sound to get away from me. And so I've been uh, been slowly chipping away at that. Well, I, I'm in the big room right now, and it's bigger than yours. I mean, it's a two-story room. Yeah. And I've got a good mic, and I don't know, can you hear an echo? No, in the no, you sound video? great. A, a good mic goes really far, but like if I'm doing video with a shotgun mic or a lav, you know, it's a little bit different than speaking into this crazy rig. I've thought that I should do more of soundproofing in this room because it is, you know, a big room, but... Then I listen to the audio and it, it sounds okay. You yeah. Know? So I, I feel like I'm just going to leave it, but yeah. And I've got to spend all of my money on a split flap machine that there's that too. <laughs> That's right. You gotta, you gotta keep, uh, keep your, uh, your money good to go for that. The worst thing is my wife is so supportive. She's like, Oh, you should just get yourself that you never buy your, you know? And I'm like, she, she's like an enabler, you know? Yeah, 
why am I complaining about that? I don't know, but either way. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, that's my, uh, my potential for future purchase. Well, so, so I, so a good check-in with studios. We both moved, made some changes and, uh, sounds like we're both pretty happy with our setups. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, it's been great to be able to do this. And now we've both been doing it for so long. Like I feel comfortable with the investment of like building out a studio. Right. And that's, uh, that's a nice change. Yeah, when COVID first started, I looked at potentially expanding the house, you know, like hiring a contractor to add a room on or something. Um, but, you know, we're, we're sending our money now to universities and best mm-hmm. boards. So I, I just didn't <laughs> think I could afford it. And then I even looked at, at one point, there's a whole thing now, what they call studio sheds. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah. the, the term. And they're like little outdoor like structures that people build and they're really nice. And there's actually room in my yard, assuming I could sell it to the homeowners association uh, where I could build one of those. But, you know, ultimately even in our small house, I'm really happy with this setup. I love all the light in this room. And I, um, and I think that we, we, we did fine. And it sounds like you did too. Oh yeah. Uh, well, David, before we let people go, uh, I do want to point people over to material. Uh, it's a show by our friends, Andy and Flo, and they they are the Mac power users, but for people in the Google ecosystem, uh, it's a fantastic show. It's one that I don't miss because I don't live in that ecosystem every day, and they really do a good job of keeping everybody up to date. They have great chemistry. It's a hilarious show m- most of the time, so uh, that's at relay.fm slash material. People should go check it out. And in the meantime, we are the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. Thank you to our sponsors, 1Password, the Tech Savvy Lawyer Podcast, Memberful, and Smile. And we'll see you next time.